This is the D.V.O. Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You know what time it is. Same bat time, same bat channel for the D.V.O. Podcast. We are your host, Davey D. And this dude... The vengeful one. Yeah, man. Today we have Coyote from the Grim family taking a very long lunch break to entertain us with his many tales. What's up, Coyote? I'm doing pretty well today. I'm doing pretty well. How are y'all doing? Uh, I'm fine. I'm hungry as always, but you know, I'm a growing boy. <laughs> hey, I'm a fat kid, so I eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. I took Bret Hart to four star bronze yesterday. I'm happy. Nice. He does not wait on any enhanced um, events. If it's Bret, if it's Eddie, he just green lights it. <laughs> That's what you gotta yeah, do. That's what you gotta do. Honestly, these these events have been so lackluster that it's probably okay to wait. <laughs> it's okay not to wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's. It, it it never hurts to wait because if nothing else, you'll be in a great position for a leaderboard, and the leaderboards are always better. So yeah, that's true. But uh, if you have no patience like me or you know Choli, then you just do whatever you can right away. Or you know, yeah, I, I know a few like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was. Um, who was telling me? Uh, like uh, Wolfson's. Like he has like all these top tier guys like Piper and other people that are just on that board right now waiting for the right time. Like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Teach me your ways. <laughs> I'm still debating between Warrior, who was probably one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid, and uh, you know Vader for gold because they're both were two of my or for four bronze because they're yeah. both two of my favorites growing up. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's actually a pretty common, uh, common debate that a lot of people are having with themselves right now is which one to get. Because Vader's, you know, a little more reliable. I think um, Warrior is Warrior, and there's nobody like him. So uh, <laughs> you know, like, there's something about playing with Warrior, and you just hear his ridiculous promo in your head <laughs> playing the match. So it's pretty special. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You guys aren't hearing any feedback from my car stereo, are you? No. No, no, you're sounding okay. good. So why don't we jump into it since we're talking about sure. your favorites. So which superstar like really got you into wrestling as a kid? It was probably Sting, to be honest. That, wow. Just that surfer Sting. Um, what had happened is I was a kid, and I went to the old Philly Spectrum with my uncle because he was a wrestling fan. And he grew up watching the, the, the old WCW and NWA pay-per-views. Um, I actually have a funny story about going through his tapes that I'm not sure if I can share here, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we we went to the Philly Spectrum, and one of the first matches, or one of the matches that I saw there, and I remember was Sting versus Flair. And I just remember being captured by Flair, or I mean by Sting, and just how awesome he looked. I mean, it was just. I was like, wow, this is wrestling, and I've been a fan ever since. Yeah. Um, we, used to, we used to order every month's pay-per-view. It was pizza and pay-per-view night. Um, if I got good grades, you know, we could order both pay-per-views, WCW and WWF back then. <laughs> so I made sure I got good grades in school. Which was your um, um, favorite pay-per-view as a kid? Ooh. That's a tough one. Um. I would have to say depends on depends on what or as a as a young kid it was probably and I know it sounds weird but Survivor Series 90. I don't know I don't remember why it was so why I loved it so much but as I got older I kind of realized how stupid like the gobbledygooker was. <laughs> as a kid I thought that was cool. Was uh was that the one that Undertaker and had his match with uh was it Hogan? I can't remember now. It was one of those. No, no, that was the year Undertaker debuted. Or was part debut. of okay, that was it. That was it. Yeah, when he debuted. Oh man! I, 
funny story as a kid. I wanted to I wanted to grow up and be a wrestler when I was young. Everybody did. I, Everyone did. Yeah. I even had one of the, those wrestling buddies. I had like a Hulk Hogan one and an Ultimate Warrior <laughs> one. And I was thinking, I was watching The Undertaker put somebody in a body bag, and I'm like, I don't want to be a wrestler now because I'm scared I'm going to get put in a body bag. At that time, it was real. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I so, think I think I had one of those moments when uh, uh, Savage got bit by the cobra. I was like, this is not that, <laughs> that to happen. <laughs> Actually, no. Paul Shango scared the crap out of me, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. When he made Warrior, like, bleed oil or whatever it yeah, was whatever that was yeah <laughs> yeah cutting edge for that time really <laughs> yeah it was yeah it was um i actually met warrior once too when i was a kid and i think if i go to my grandparents house in delaware they still have it framed but i actually have a signed picture from the ultimate warrior when he went to delaware park wow that's pretty cool um, that's pretty cool did you get to shake hands with him yeah yeah he was actually pretty nice from what I remember, yeah, yeah, I, I've I've met I've met a few wrestlers. Some of them were nice, some of them not so much. That always sucks when your heroes aren't nice. It just totally shatters whatever illusion or attachment you have with them. Absolutely. I know. Um, I think. Go ahead. Oh, I think if I ever made it famous in that kind of way, I'd try to be the nicest person I could be. Yeah, just because to make sure. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you do have off days, but you still got to push through. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. I know Brian was put off when he met Luke Harper, um, when Scopely had taken them to some pay-per-view, and Luke Harper completely blew him off. Now he cares nothing for the guy. I've always heard that Luke Harper was a really nice guy. He probably just had an off day, yeah. Probably. Or if they were backstage, he might have been being rushed somewhere. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, it's also true. Yeah, I um, you you gotta respect the guys that um, that don't need the support at this point, but still are that nice. I remember one of my um, one of my friends who uh, lived in Chicago at the time. He was uh, on business in uh, North Carolina and went to a restaurant and saw Ric Flair with his family. There it was a few years ago, and um, you know, and and. Flair was like, you know, one of his top two. Him and Shawn Michaels were his two favorite guys. And uh, he, uh, he texted me. He's like, dude, Ric Flair's at the restaurant. And I said, well, you can't go say hi to him. I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to bother him. He's with his family. I'm like, come on. You're going to regret it if you don't try, right? So oh uh, he went up and, uh, and said, you know, I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Flair. I know you're with your family here. I just, I'm a big fan, and I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for – all the years of entertainment and apparently he was extremely kind and uh, signed something for him. And um, you know, and he's like, that was a risky thing to do uh, cause you don't want to ruin, you know, him in your mind, but uh, it, it turned out quite well. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard stories about Flair being a nice guy. Actually um, I went to a raw in Baltimore one year. It was the, it was when Randy Orton was going through that baby face run that horrible one right after he'd won the world title from Benoit. Mm-hmm. And that, that it was the night that he had booked, it was a Jerry Lawler versus Ric Flair match that he had booked on raw. Cause he was like, legends have been throughout my entire career. You know, I know something about legends, which that was cool to see both of them in the ring again. Uh, but after that, Chris Jericho's band Fozzie went to play a little bar down there called Thunderdome. And everybody, I met Coach, I met um, Sean Davari, and a few others there. Um, and I was talking with Davari, and Davari and I, Davari bought me a or no, it was Coach that bought me a beer. Ooh. So that was cool. But Batista was there too, and he was just, he was not the nicest person in the world. He almost got in a fight with somebody there. I thought you were about to say he almost got in a fight with you. <laughs> no, no, not me, not me, not me. He's like double my size, man. <laughs> no blast say, gems needed. That's probably not one that you're going to win. Yeah, you have to I'm, start. You have to start with a low blow to have a chance. I mean, I'm brave, but not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so that's true. The process, the two by four. That'll do it. You see what a two by four. <laughs> 
<laughs> so are there any current wrestlers on the roster you identify with? Um, probably, probably AJ Styles in a way. And then to a degree, Nakamura kind of reminds me of who I'd like to be in some ways. Not somebody that runs around and blows people, but just that <laughs> that keeps an air of mystery. Mm. But, but um, AJ, because AJ was always told he's not, he's never going to make it. He's never going to make it. And he worked hard and made it. And that's kind of how I am with my career field. You know, I, I went through, I'm a programmer and I went through 40 or 50 job interviews before I got my first job. Wow. And then I've just climbed up the ranks ever since. Um, you know, mm. I've had a lot of good people that have obviously given me guidance and helped me along the way. But working hard and, you know, once you got that chance, just busting the door down and going with it and keep climbing. Yeah. And that's kind of how, how I can see myself like AJ because he kind of did the same thing, started with ROH and, you know, then went to TNA and, New Japan, and now he's the WWE champion. He holds the same title that you know Hogan's held, that Triple H has held, that Flair's held, Bret Hart's held. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's it's one thing when you are talented, like everybody can see you are talented, but for whatever right. reason, you don't fit the current template or mold that they're looking for and you just got to keep working and working until they notice you and they can't deny you any longer so like absolutely you know that's a very admirable quality to have like when all the facts and every all the rules are telling you no but you're saying i'm going to make you say yes like i admire that absolutely and that's the way i try to approach the game too is i want to be considered one of the hardest working leaders you know one of the hardest working players you know yeah and that, that, that doesn't take away from anybody else that leads or anything like that because, you know, every leader I've met across factions works incredibly hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I know how hard it is to run a faction. I I salute and applaud anyone still doing it. It's a, it is a thankless, peerless job, but, you know, if you run a successful faction, I salute you, sir. Uh, yep, yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Luckily, I mean, the team that we have in Grimm is mm -hmm. very good you know everybody everybody's awesome yeah everyone that we've interviewed from grim has been very nice so far i think red good, really good. set the standard good that's what i like to hear yeah <laughs> i mean super's really a nice guy Oh, supers in chat. For, for, for those who don't have context we have a podcast chat going supers in there talking trash <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's quite he's quite active today. Like normally he listens, but he, he's all over this coyote one. Well, actually, actually, I've heard your name as Coyote and Coyote. What's the right way to Coyote? Um, coyote. If you'd oh. like, I, if you'd like, I can tell you the story of how I got that nickname. Yes, yeah, please. please. Okay, so I, I had a friend of mine growing up who's who was Native American, and her grandmother. Basically, because I was always the jokester, always somebody that would kind of have a cutting joke, but it would kind of be a way to get my point across. So she nicknamed me that after the Native American coyote, and it kind of stuck. She goes, I'm going to nickname you a coyote, because that's kind of how you act. Mm. So it's just kind of stuck since. I mean, nobody in my real life calls me that anymore, unless they've known me for a very long time. Right. But it kind of stuck as a gamer tag. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So that, that's how I got it. Okay. I told you that story. Me or I told you that story before Punisher. No, no, I'm talking to Punisher. Oh, Punisher. Okay. Yeah. Name, I was wrong all the time. I was like, I've told that story before. Yeah. So <laughs> we, you know, we had we had Punisher on, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, all this time I thought it, because I I just you know when I see your name. Like, oh, it's spelled coyote, like the animal. Like, it's coyote. Yes. And then on, yep. on the episode, he like, kept in coyote. I'm like, oh, I guess I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. No, I, Jokes on I you, think, buddy. 
Punisher also calls me Yote, which some people have stuck around calling me in the faction. Yote. Nice. Yote. <laughs> That's unique. <laughs> so what about, uh, tell us about like a moment in wrestling history that, that left an impact on you. The day Hulk Hogan turned heel at Bash at the Beach. Wow, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was 13, so I was kind of starting to get a little bit wise to the business, but I still wasn't sure. <laughs> and I remember Hogan coming down in the red and yelling. I'm like, yeah, because I loved Holland Nash. And, and the first time I saw him, I was like, holy crap, they're on WCW. Yeah. Razor Ramon's on WCW. And then I saw Hogan come down. I'm like, all right, Hogan's going to come down and stomp a mud hole in him. And then he leg dropped Savage. And I was like, what? <laughs> and my uncle the whole time, and he gets into it. He got into wrestling back then. He goes, you dirty, no good, low life. You know, I mean, I heard him call everything. I heard him call Hogan everything but a nice guy. <laughs> and Hogan said, I did it all for the money, brother. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, he did it all for the money. And now as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know, I kind of do things for the money too. So yeah. I kind of understand that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, that was like the heel turn of the heel turns. Like there's, there's never going to be anything like that. I don't even think if Cena had an actual heel turn that it would match the Hogan one. Because back then there was the mystique of, you know, was mm-hmm. it real? Was it not? You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, wrestling in the eighties was not obviously not what it is today. Like no. in terms of like you, you didn't get to see Hogan all the time. Like you only nope. got to see him in those big moments and those iconic matches and, you know, and, and his charisma was unlike anybody else at the time. And he was, he was all about, you know, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. And, uh, to see him turn heel was like, you know, it was so emotionally impactful. It was incredible. Like the, the NWO's formation was, I mean, that was, I think that was just the highlight of, of wrestling ever. It was, it was that. And it was, and then I would also give a special mention to, oops, sorry, I was taking a drink there. I'd give a special mention to the Austin 316 promo too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that was just, I watched the, that King of the Ring live. And at the point, at that point, I wanted Jake the Snake to win, you know, because I wanted to see the redemption story and somebody, um, you know, now that I've obviously learned a little bit more about Jake at that time, I understand why he didn't. And we got Austin 316. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. I, I actually, I've mentioned this on the show a couple of times that um, a few years ago, I start when the network came out, I, I started with WrestleMania one and I'm just gradually whenever I have time, like I'll watch a show, which has been very far and few between. So I've only gotten up to uh, King of the ring 96, Good um, Lord. but that was the last one that I saw. And you know, you know what's going to happen with that promo, but seeing it again for the first time after 20 years or whatever, the whole thing, it was just like, wow, this is magic. <laughs> this is, this is so cool. Especially in the context of how, blah the whole ringmaster gimmick was and even when he became stone cold steve austin but he was using the ringmaster music and the, and the million dollar dream and that moment was like oh that's stunning steve austin he finally grew up grew a pair <laughs> now he's cool well, you know because i grew up just outside of philadelphia mm-hmm. i got to see some of the ecw stuff on tv nice so i kind of knew he could talk right um i knew that he could and he was pretty good at it but, you know, when, when he came to WWF, he had so little, they had so little faith in him that they put Ted DiBiase with him to talk. Right. Like, he wasn't supposed to make it. Right, no. <laughs> yeah, he really wasn't. And uh, I'm just, you know, it's, it's funny, like, it, you, your story is another example. Like, you give people a chance, and you might be surprised what they're capable of. And I think... Um, you know, the greatest in wrestling or the greatest in any industry. Um, I think there are very few people that were kind of hailed from the beginning as, you know, like LeBron James was, but there, he's the exception. You know, most people had to prove themselves from the start, um, prove themselves, not, not that LeBron didn't have to prove himself, but rather that uh, 
you know, they weren't given any chances or any benefit of the doubt early on. And it had to just, you know, have somebody believe in you and you, you went with it and took advantage of it. And yeah, it was, you know, you wonder like if, if somebody like Austin hadn't been given a chance, what would the trajectory of wrestling been? Absolutely. Like while we're still on that topic, is there anyone on the current roster who you think deserves a chance to shine that they could really make it, but they're not being given a push? Hmm. Ko, definitely. He 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 should be a big. He gets a big. He should get a bigger push. If you ever see his Ring of Honor stuff, look up the stuff he did with Jim Cornette. That that was magic. Mm-hmm. As Kevin, said. Um, I would actually argue that Rollins. Should be the fe- should be the featured guy over Reigns. I agree. 100%. I agree. Hundred yeah. percent. I mean, if you he gets pops like he gets pops like I haven't like you haven't heard in a long time when people come out and they that burn it down is the stupidest thing ever in his entrance because I love the little pause there, but when you hear the crowd yell "burn it down," yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of, kind of makes it that you know, okay, they made the right call. I would have been wrong. Would you would you compare Rollins now to HBK in his prime? Um, I would actually say that Rollins is a better talker than HBK. In the ring, I would say HBK was probably a little better in his prime. Mm, okay. Now, which prime are we talking about for HBK? Are we talking about before his back injury or after? Um, before. Um, I would say that they're about equal. I would say HBK got better in the ring when he came back. Really? Okay. Yeah. Just because I mean, he was able to tell a better story with his body. Yeah, oh. I, I mean, he was—he uh, had to be more um, uh, thoughtful, I guess you could say, with how he uh, how he performed after the back injury. But I, I, but I mean, HBK before the back injury was just there was nobody like him. There's nobody, okay. like nobody, nobody could, they could take, nobody that could sell like him. That's for sure. Um, that's true. But I would, yeah, I mean, Rollins does remind me a lot of him, but I, I think um, there's something about, about the way that Rollins can just hit move after move that like, it, it seems like every match he's, he's got, some, he's adding something to his arsenal. Absolutely. And, um, which is to me is incredibly impressive given how often we see them now compared to, you know, once upon a time. So, but I, I do agree with you. He should be the featured guy on raw hundred percent. To me, him and AJ are the reason I watch wrestling uh, or watch WWE for the most part, but you know, KO totally Mm -hmm. underused, you know, I think, and especially like KO is amazing in the sense that like, in this era of knowing that it's all staged and whatnot, he, he actually pulls off a heel, you know, like how do you actually hate somebody when you know that they're putting on a show, but he really makes you be like, okay, I really respect what he's doing. Man, is he annoying sometimes, (laughs) you know, it's awesome. It's, it's perfect. You've got to love him. Um, I, I do wish they'd give him more and more opportunities. I wish they'd give Bobby Lashley some more opportunity, too. Have you ever seen his TNA work when he was a walking Armageddon? How do you no. screw up the walking Armageddon? Not, I mean, was, that, was that his last TNA run? Yeah. Okay. I got I to gotta catch up on that. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll have to check that out. I, I, didn't, I, I wasn't familiar with him until – like, I'd heard his name, but I hadn't seen him until – he got here and you know i think even like nakamura when he first got to wwe and i was like yeah this is not the i mean i, I don't really watch nxt so but mm-hmm. when he got to the main roster i'm like he's good but is he really worth the hype and then i went and watched some of his uh new japan stuff i'm like where's this guy yes <laughs> yeah i don't think yes. let him do this <laughs> well i think some of it's just the different styles because i mean new japan is very snug and right I mean, look at how look at how different Chris Jericho is in New Japan versus how he is here, how he is in WWE. Oh yeah, you know, in New Japan he's got a sense of danger to him, and he's got this air of something is going to go crazy when he comes on. Yeah, in WWE, it's like, like yeah, break the walls down, cool. I'm gonna hear I am the Ayatollah of rock and roll or whatever, whatever catchphrase he's pushing that week. Yeah. Stupid idiot. <laughs> 
It's two different ecosystems. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still awesome. It's just different, obviously. But so, so why don't we switch uh, gears? Uh, get into the game a little bit. How'd you get into this game? Um, actually, what's funny is I had seen an advertisement for it on Raw one night, and I was kind of laid up with an injury. I was like, "Eh, I need something to do." You know, to kill famous some time. last words. <laughs> yeah, five almost five hundred and fifty days later, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot more, a lot less in my wallet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're among brothers here. (laughs) It's pretty. I mean, it's really amazing, though, if you think about it. Like, what is it fundamentally about this game that is so attractive and addictive? Honestly, I'm going to be honest. I kind of find the gameplay boring, but I like the people that I play with and the people Mm -hmm. that I've met through here. So for me, it's not so much that I play because I still enjoy it or whatever. I mean, I do in some ways, but I do enjoy feuds for the most part. But it, it's for the people, you know. It's for the people I play with. They're they they're what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. I don't get up and necessarily open the game first, but sometimes I'll wake up and check out Discord first and yeah, see what's going on. You know, and and I've met a lot of amazing people across factions. You know, from the early days in Vicious Venom to Today in Grim, <laughs> you know, I, I've been very privileged to be exposed to a lot of really cool and very, very great people. Yeah. So how many factions have you actually been in? Are we going to count name changes? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I guess. Well, if you count name changes, when then you, I would say I've been in, I started my own faction when I first started because I thought, okay, I'll do this. And maybe I'll have people come and join. And I didn't know anything at that time. Mm-hmm. And had a few people come and join and leave. Couldn't get anybody healed. And then I got to, <laughs> I saw the first faction feud. And I was like, oh, I want to go be competitive. Okay. So then I joined some faction that I thought was like 98th or 99th. And they had only played a couple of battles. It was very early. And they finished like way down, like 400th or something mm. in the first feud. So... Then I actually did the one thing that I, we get on some people for, but I actually jumped into, put a request into Vicious Venom. They were fourth. There was the Seamus feud. And I had jumped in there and I kind of stuck. And at that time, there were a few people there that their Punisher, Punisher was in Vicious Venom too at that time, I think. And Big Nelly was in Vicious Venom too. And I don't know how I stuck in Vicious Venom because I had a tiny roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Vicious Venom became Creepy Venom because we had joined up with Creep Squad at that time. And then we broke back off, did our own thing, you know, became Venom. And then, um, as Punisher stated on the podcast, we kind of got tired in, in Venom of doing of about 20 of us doing the work of of a hundred people. So we kind of mm-hmm. decided to move from Venom to Creep Squad and then Creep Squad to Grim. So if you count distinct factions, I've been in four. Sounds about average. If you count, if you count merge, then I've probably been closer to six to eight. Good or I mean, if you count merge, yeah. stuff. but I, I mean, if I'm still playing with the exact same people, right. I stock with the same faction. Right. That's not really as much of a move. But so let me get this right. So you actually just put in a request out of yep. nowhere? Yep. <laughs> they, were, they were fourth on the leaderboard. I put in a request, I got accepted, and then I just started jumping in feuds. <laughs> That's awesome. My kind of guy. I mean, they didn't, have, they didn't have it open. So, I mean, I, somebody had to accept me. I think it might have actually been Brutal Void or C Noob that accepted me, but I don't remember at this point. You're like, just just thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and at that time, I didn't know that when you got a second superstar that you got a, a duplicate poster. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get two Seamuses. That's <laughs> 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 oh, <it is> funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. It's ass. So, like, what, wait, wait, I, I just got 20 TP. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh. And I thought Seamus was cool. I was like, all right, he's pretty cool. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he was my guy for a long time in Blitz with that health steal. Yes, yes, yes. And he was also my top trickster for the longest time. Mm. <laughs> so, okay. For the longest okay. time. <laughs> yeah, actually, I remember that there was a there was a good stretch of this game where there there weren't like before Seth Rollins was introduced, there were really no good tricksters. I remember nope. technician, at least in verses, feeling like a pretty strong class before trainers, all that too. Feeling like a pretty strong class because there weren't tricksters to take them down. <laughs> yeah. I still feel good. like Trickster is kind of one of the weakest classes in the game. Outside of, no, I mean, if it wasn't for all the uh, MP trainers, you know, it would be um, a pretty bleak class overall. But I don't know. Four stars gets a little interesting. But we'll, we'll have yeah. to we'll have to get into four stars here in a little bit. But um, until we get there, so along the way, I mean, obviously you've, you've seen you've been with a lot of the same faces. But you know, is there anything specifically that you've learned along the way, both? You know, about the game, about, um, you know, the camaraderie, about yourself? Sure, absolutely. Um, there's a couple things. About the game, I learned I learned how to not make certain mistakes with characters. Um, like, I had built Neville up because I thought he was too bronze, so he's obviously going to be better than um, NXT Rollins. Ha! Uh, <laughs> I, I realized the error of my ways very quickly there. Um, you know, so I've learned how to build a roster. But one of the other things I've learned from work from playing with so many people is then this takes nothing away from the work that goes in the tier list. This is not a shot at them in any way. I, I want to preface this. I found that tier lists are great. They're a great guide, but you also have to give somebody roster advice to their play style. Yeah, the absolutely X-factor. true. Yeah, I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, because, I, well, if I might interject, like one of the we're talking about Warrior and Vader, right? Right now yep. with four stars. Yeah, you know, Vader might be, by the numbers, a little bit better, right? Marginally. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're not going to be disappointed with Warrior just because he is more effective in, than three-star goals with the new move. But what do you like to play? Like, do you value the certainty and reliability that vader can provide you or do you enjoy just the fun of blowing the shit out of the whole board because then warrior's your guy vader's not going to do it for you exactly you know so yeah and like we're we're having a discussion in uh, one of the execution stables this morning about the different acrobats put eddie guerrero in his own class like i don't think there's anybody in the game like him but you know you're talking about jericho and aj and and um Jeff Hardy and Kalisto, it's like they're they're very close. So yeah. it's not like, okay, this is the best guy, just go with it. If you're a Jericho fan, he's your guy. That's end of story. You know, if you need um if if you need SmackDown, then you know, either AJ or, or Jeff. Like whatever the case is, but it's it, it, they're a great guide because you, the the main thing is you don't want to be working on somebody that's worthless, that's not gonna win you anything. Unless you like them, you know. But yeah. at the same time, like, yeah, it really does depend on your play style. Like, different players want different things. They're different, different, uh, uh, different Absolutely. values. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like you said, with Warrior, with blowing shit up, you know, there's, there's not as much strategy with that as, say, with Vader. So if you like to be more a cerebral player, Vader might be better. If you just like, to, as you said, destroy shit, just, you know then Warrior is obviously your choice. Yeah. So um, in terms of roster progression and different aspects of the game, what would you consider your short-term and long-term goals? Um, my short-term goal and kind of long-term is to have a four-star in every era and then get, it, get one for Raw and one for SmackDown. Mm. Uh, my long-term goal is just continue building my roster and – Try not to dump a ton of money into it. Try. We'll see how well that second term works, but <laughs> that second part works. But I, I mean, all joking aside. 
you know. And Punisher says it perfectly, don't go bankrupt. Um, and to answer the question you asked about, you know, what I've learned about myself is I've learned how to deal with people and deal with different personalities. That That's one area I feel like I'm very strong in is I can deal with various different types of personality. Some people you just got to tell them, hey, look, sit down, be quiet. I got this. Mm. Other people you have to kind of. You have to kind of give them a little more of a reason what's going on and kind of go into more details so they get it. And that, that doesn't mean one's better than the other. It right. just you have to know how to approach different people different ways. Now, if I may ask, um, in, your, <clears throat> in your job, as a, it sounds like you're, you do um, computer scientists of, of various sorts, right? Yeah. Um, now, are you, are you in a management type of role? I am. Or is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, has, have you found that um, learning how to deal with the different people um, that you've interacted with in the game and understanding their personalities and what they respond to, have you found that that has helped you in your professional life? 100%. Wow. Because it, it translates. It translates really well. Um, and the reason for that is, is because you know, I've got one person that works under me that's a military person. They just want to be told if they're screwing up, they just want to be told, hey, you're screwing up, stop it. This is what you're doing to screwing up, chill out. You know, and I have another person I work with that's more from Cali. He doesn't really take the direct, you know, gut punch way very well. So he's more, how do I say this? He's more, you have to kind of be finesse, you have to kind of more, be more finesse with him for him to get the point and not shut down. Got it. You know? Yeah, it, it really, um, I, I think of all the people that I've, I've worked with, um, management styles, like it's, you know, management training, they, they, they talk about, you know, there's some people that need the hands-off approach, some people that needs more, need more of a directional hands-on approach. Yep. But the, the best ones that I've ever worked for or worked with, um, they understand that different people need different approaches. Like there, yeah. there's some people that, like you said, they just need the direct, just tell me what to do. They'll go do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the ones I found a lot of the ones that might need some of the finesse type styles. You can't, you have to give them a little bit more reasoning. You have to give them a little bit more acknowledgement for what they are doing. Right. But if you give them that space and you give them that credit, then yep. when things go difficult, things go south, and you need them to go above and beyond, you don't even have to ask them. They will do it. Absolutely. You know, because you've, you've given them that, that appreciation along the way. So, but if, if you never gave them that shot, they'll just be like, oh, screw you. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> out of here, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. And that's the thing is I have a very good team of diverse people that all have different personalities and stuff like that. Um, and th and that, that makes you a better person too in game and in life. <laughs> I don't know if I would count myself as the most patient player in the game Punisher. <laughs> um, actually a funny story. If I, do you mind if I go off on a quick short tangent? Yeah, okay? absolutely. Yeah, please. Okay. So I'll never forget. Funny thing about what Punisher says is there was one time somebody in, I forget where it was, but it talked about possibly, you know, using a cheat or a hack or something. And I don't remember whether this was in Venom or whether this was in Grimm or where it was. But I remember that I lost my, I, I just completely lost my shit about that. <laughs> and I got so many messages going, are you okay? Are, are you mad at me? You know? And I was like, oh, because apparently I don't, I, I don't yell. I don't scream. I, I, but I will get my point across. I've actually found you get more with a whisper than you do with a. <laughs> people think you're more mad with a whisper than a yell. <laughs> like, like a Jake the Snake promo. Yep. Ah, right. Right. So, yeah, that I'll, I'll never. I, that was one of the funniest days, because. Oh, yeah, it was about the heel glitch being brought up, and I, I snapped out. <laughs> so, Could but, you explain for people that may not know what the heel glitch is? <laughs> what the what? 
Sorry, that's my dog. I was about to say, is somebody getting murdered? No, <laughs> no. hold on. I'll be right there. You guys keep talking. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. So, so I, I won't go into detail how you do it, but it was a glitch where you would mess with something on your phone and all of your superstars would be healed, oh. but they wouldn't. You know, I, I don't want to give detail about it because I don't want people trying it and getting themselves banned. Right, right, I mean, right. I, doubt anybody, I doubt anybody here on this server would, but if somebody listens to this on YouTube, I don't want them to be dumb and try it themselves and yeah, yeah. get themselves banned. See, when you said heal glitch, I thought you meant that um thing like when you go into chat to heal someone, you can heal a person multiple oh. times? No, no, that's to me just because glitch has a negative connotation. I always prefer to refer to it as a super heal. Uh, you should be Scopely's PR super heal. <laughs> well, because that's really what it is. It's not you're not hurting anybody taking advantage of that. You're not hurting right. any other players, there. right? But you know, yeah. So, um, in terms of your long-term and short-term goals, what would you say are like some of your strengths and weaknesses in approach to gameplay? Like, you know, maybe events or tours, leveling, mega pulls. <laughs> like, where do you excel well, and where do you fall short? Uh, in tours and farming and stuff like that is where I excel. Um, blitzes, grind things that that I can grind. Mm -hmm. Feud sometimes that can be a little bit of a weak point for me, and not. Not because I'm I'm not you know okay at it, but you know when you I've been blessed to play with some good players who are always three or four steps above me right, in right. terms of you know from Canadian Punisher Super um, X uh, you know it's all those guys, but I would say sometimes I and I tend to get a little too bogged down with some of the leadership stuff during feud, you know oh, yeah. just because. <sighs> that will dry that that'll put gray hairs in your beard. <laughs> um I would and I would say with events, sometimes I'm not willing to go the extra mile and spend the money to win the event or whatever. Because it's costly to win some of those events. It is. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the mindset of just milestones. I'm good. Yep. Unless the prize is just so good I can't turn it down. Yeah. You know, if the prize is I there's a couple events I probably could have gone for. Like I could have gone for the um, the Matt Hardy event, or I could have gone for the Taker event. Actually, I really couldn't have gone for the Matt Hardy event, but I could have gone for the Taker event and tried to push myself all the way up the top. But I kind of went, no, I'm not willing to spend the money it's going to take. I'd right. rather put that elsewhere in my life. Which is understandable, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that, that makes sense. My weakness when it comes to events is calculating. Vengeful is very good. He has his spreadsheets. I just shoot for the top and hope for the best. Yeah. That, it, I, I cringe every time I see that. It's either one of two things with you, Davey. It's either you shoot for the top and hope for the best, or you're just like, I'm out. Like, like dude, no, this is actually a good one. It <laughs> yeah, it doesn't cost much, and you'll get a pretty good return on it. And then I'll explain that to you, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not so oh, bad. It's so true. Hey, yeah. What, six diamond pulls for 2,500 TP? Oh, okay. That's, not, that's, not, that's actually better than the, you know, the golden TP event. Okay. Oh, my God. See, my luck, I'll get, you're just my like, luck, I'll get 30 wire masks. <laughs> oh, my God. I need you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we balance each other out because then uh, the other side of it is just I'm like, you know, I'll analyze the crap out of my spreadsheet and he'll just be like, dude, just enhance whoever you want. Eddie Guerrero, uh, <laughs> Razor Ramon, like, come on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, well, and, and my other weakness is sometimes with mega pulls. Um, there was, I was actually in a famous drought for a long time where I could not pull a three star to save my life. How I just, long did I that last? Oh, I'd say until the first player's choice came out after that really bad feud mm -hmm. from the time I started to that first player's choice, I'd say almost nine months. Oh my goodness. So this is like nine months early in the game. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't pull anybody. 
that's even worse because the three stars were much easier to hit early in the game because that 0.5% versus 0.3. We were in, I think we were still in Venom at the time. Or no, we were in Creepy Venom, I think, at that time when I did pull Lesnar. And we had a leader's chat, if you remember, we had a leader's chat in line. And I remember when I pulled Lesnar, I was like, holy it's over! <laughs> <laughs> the drought's over! Yeah, the drought should have stayed there. I'd probably be a lot richer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all had those. It, it's funny, though, because actually a, a lot of the people that we've talked to on the show, um, you know, Big Papa Brian and others, it's uh, the story's been more like they did their first 30 pull or maybe the second one, they got the hit. And I'm like, oh, this wasn't so bad. And then then, you, then the reality strikes on the fur, further pulls. Yep. And um, Lay, one of the other leaders at that time, as Punisher said, had pulled AJ, and he never got Megas either. He, he had such a, a drought, too. Except for, no, he did get Cesaro out of the chips. Cesaro. So. Which was <laughs> not a good pull until he became a good trainer. <laughs> exactly. He actually gets a choose move at four-star, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, he, he's he's interesting now, but it'll be a long <laughs> time, time before he gets a four star. Yes, if ever. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't even taken him to five k yet because I just I haven't found a justification to do it yet. Yeah, I, I did it for for Jeff Hardy back during that Hardy event. Um, <laughs> probably wasn't worth it, but I was swimming in tech tokens, which I wish I had back right now. But <laughs> yeah, I used to be the same way with striker tokens. Oh, I know, dude. I I'm really hitting myself for that one with uh, <laughs> McMahon and Nakamura. Like at the end of that event, I'm like, I'm just swimming in these things. If I keep these things around, I'm never going to pull any of the other tokens. If I have this many more striker tokens, and now I'm like, oh, I could really use them for Corbin. I never thought I'd take him up to four stars. <laughs> 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 the extra five shin guards would be really nice right about now. Oh, man. I'll, I'll, but, uh, I'll tell yeah. you who I've got to go. Yeah. I'll tell you who I've got to go all in on when he comes out. Elias? I got it. Elias. Mm-hmm. I have a puppy named Elias. Elias. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So Elias um, is going to be a striker? A trickster, I think. Okay. Makes sense. I think they're trying to beef that class up. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Elias would be a good one. So whenever I've got to take the dog out, I always tell everybody I got to go walk with Elias. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. That's good right there. Now, did you name the puppy Elias after we were introduced to Elias in wrestling? Sort of. <laughs> Such a mark. Sort of. Um, that, and it took a little finagling to convince my girlfriend. And then she, she watched raw with me one night and she was like, Oh, that's why you named the dog a lion. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, yeah. She goes, <laughs> so I like oh, wrestling, but I don't. I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said, she goes, I like wrestling, but I don't, it's not real fighting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those things you can't you can't convince an adult. You have to get them when they're a kid. You got to get them hooked as a kid. Absolutely, it just doesn't happen otherwise. <laughs> At least that's my feeling of it. Of it, but so <laughs> why don't we uh, talk real quick? What are your thoughts about four stars in general? Like, what? Just open ended question here. Well, I'm kind of interest. I kind of need more data before I can make a full assessment. But my first. My initial thought was, oh, crap, they're going to ruin the game because the damage is going to be so unbeatable. They're going to be so hard to get, you know, that if you get a four star right off the bat, you're going to you're going to basically stomp everybody till the field catches up down the line. It's going to be it's going to be like people that had three star goals back in the day that you just you stand stood no chance. Um, and then now that I've seen them in action a little bit and I got to play beta for a little bit they're they do change the game. There's a lot more strategy now, it seems. Yeah. You can't just you can't just use, you know, King on Seth and then Brian on Seth. 
hit, hit one blue match and call it a day. It, it just isn't going to work that way anymore. And I think that's really cool because there's some, there's some strategy to who you take up and to what they do and to how good they are. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tough is still tough, but now in versus you may want to run somebody like Darren Young on him and Brian and be a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested to see him actually in action and feuds now that more people are going to have him. Right. Right. Yeah. This past feud wasn't really an indication. I, th- I think that's going to be the real test to really get my thoughts on what they're, they're going to be like, because it's going to make, it's going to slow feuds down. Like it's going to slow everybody down. Well, I, I'm not sure about everybody. I'm pretty sure Canation's still going to hit <sighs> some insane totals, but you know, well, yeah. She, she's oh, yeah. magic. <laughs> I, oh yeah. I think, yeah. And I think people like super X punisher, um, are all going to hit insane numbers still too. I mean, it's just, it will, know. it will slow it down though. And I, and I think, um, you know, there's going to be value like it to, well, especially now that health packs are going to be at a premium and the heal tokens are probably even going to be at more of a premium because at least you can get your health packs through the store, but the tokens are yeah. I mean, 15 of them to get a heal, like under non feud in non feud times. Like how, how are you going to get 15% of your faction to see your heal requests in an hour on a weekday? You know, it's just not happening. So <laughs> no. having to let them self heal or use health packs during the week, it's going to make them that much more rare during feuds. So Absolutely. given that I'm almost looking at maybe it's worth feuding a little slower so that you don't lose, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's definitely, going to change things up and once they do I, I know they've done like temporary perks for feuds but I, you know if that becomes like more of a real thing you know that's going to add another or more of a regular thing that's going to add another dimension to how do you preserve the precious resources and still you know get your points absolutely no it, it's going to it's definitely going to shake up a lot of things I mean don't get me wrong good you know as, you, as we've stated good players are going to be good players but you know it's it's definitely going to be. It's definitely going to change. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it start shifting the top of the leaderboard, the top mm-hmm. ten. I wouldn't be surprised to see some of us start shifting around a little bit with this too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's going to take some adjustment for the overall play style. Like in the past, it was just you know, NBT Volkov, tough, whatever, just destroy people left and right, rinse, repeat. Now yep. I think it's like you said it's it's a slower game, it's a mm-hmm. little more cerebral. You have to play the counter punches a lot more. Um, yeah. It's going to be I think more important to have guys with the submissions with the guys that can uh, you know silence gems are probably going to become you know far more useful than they ever were before because you want to prevent your opponent from hitting their moves because that's where the damage happens. So yeah, absolutely, props are going to be in a premium. Props are going to be at a premium, yeah. So, so when we get a blitz and, uh, you know, and, and Davey goes, I'm skipping this blitz. I'm like, dude, you need your props. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I, I Personally, I'm excited because, um, well, I, I will say that the part that I was worried about was more the availability of the tokens, um, yeah. how easy or difficult is it going to be? And when they initially stated it was going to be eight, I was like, that, that might be it for me. You know, yeah. eight, eight to get one guy. How are you going to get the one guy per class, like you said, or the raw, the SmackDown and the, and the era? It's like, how are we going to do that? You know? And yes, it's still going to be a drag to get them to uh, silver, but at least there's more time for that. You know, we can still build an army of four-star guys at bronze. Uh, while we wait for the token availability to get them to silver. But um, I, I personally, I thought the transition was, was pretty good. You know, yeah. I thought the token cost was good. I thought they made them available in the event. Um, and, uh, you know, even, even like the currently running Diamond event, this is the time of this recording, um, or the Rainbow one, you know, mm-hmm. 500 TP of five different classes, and, uh, you know, you get six pulls. Not bad. 
No, not bad at all. Um, well, the one thing I will say, too, is another gem that I'm finding that they've made viable at four-star that wasn't really good at three-star and below is, is power gems. Mm, I mean, I got yeah, Steamboat for my, uh, for my D9 badge, and I already had him at gold, so it wasn't that bad to take him to four-star. But, yeah, power – I mean, each of those power gems hits for 2,300 per move and that chews up a lot of health. That's 10,000 health plus gem damage. Yeah. Especially when the a while that really adds up, especially when, I mean, cause every move like he, with triple H, what he's spitting out five of them. Yeah. Every turn, like you can't, you can't cover them up with, you know, your submission gems or whatever else you have. Nope. Um, they're going to start getting you at some point. So that, that, that is very interesting. I will, to counter that, um, the gem that I think has taken the biggest hit at four stars is, uh, belongs to the character that I pulled, Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> and, agree. Uh, yeah. Protect gems are basically useless, I think, because two things. One, uh, you know, most of the jam damage now comes on move damage, not gem damage. So mm -hmm. you're not really protecting yourself relative compared to what it used to be. But more important than that, with the kickout buff, which I think overall is a great thing. There was nothing worse than, you know, having 40% health left and you can't kick out, uh, you know, and you're not, you're not even a showboat, you know. But, um, you know, but at the same time, protect gems, that was, that was their most powerful aspect was being able to keep a guy down. Um, and I'm finding with, with Strowman, uh, it's really not helpful right now. So, yeah, it's funny how these yeah. Yeah, uh, Protect Gems, I've, I mean, outside of H.H. Booker, I've never, although DDP was my first three-star, I've never been a big fan of Protect Gems. <laughs> so, outside of H.H. Booker. You know? Yeah, somebody in the in the chat, Buck, is talking about how Power Gems are why he's intrigued with Sting. I played with Sting at four stars, um, and uh, I like to think I was maybe a little uh, influential in getting the new move to be a choose move, a choose yellow. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't. It makes them a little bit better, but um, but I would. I mean, like, yeah, his strength is definitely in those power gems. Uh, Sting can put out more power gems at more damage than anybody with those two green moves. The problem is still getting getting the pin, you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the power gems are are fascinating now. They really are, mm -hmm. and also the bleed moves for that matter. Yeah, suddenly um, Striker Seth is now a viable trainer for somebody. Right, right, and and Devon is not crap. But they <laughs> nerfed him though. Yeah, well, he was he's not as good as he was at the first uh, outset of uh, beta, but uh, still, still better than he is now. Yeah. Still, oh yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's interesting how the game changes, and I'm you know it just makes you wonder how where it's going to go from here but i generally am enjoying the changes quite a bit but like you said the first feud is going to be the most telling absolutely and i imagine i'm worried one thing that worries me about four stars is kind of like the d9 event scopely comes up with a lot of cool things that sound very cool on paper and you're like yeah they get you hyped and then when they go to for the execution of it it's kind of like um what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That the um, I think that sometimes the design is exceptional, but the almost the business side of it and the execution that comes with it is leaves something to be desired. Like, you know, I love um, like right now that we have the limited time tour perks, which I like. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. You know, like we can experiment with these and try to counter our opponents and that sort of thing. And then I see a timer. For six days. I don't know if that means it expires in six days, but if it does, I'm not spending a hundred thousand coins to unlock it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you know? yeah. So Absolutely. it's like, uh, -uh. sorry. <laughs> I think they. I think they should come out with perks like that for versus. I think that would be cool. That would be a great way to change the game up. Versus needs massive help. I mean, it, it versus just needs a ton of help, and it's not even just yeah. the hackers. It's just all around the. The grind for the rewards is not worth it anymore. And that's why you see like four stars at like 500 notoriety 
that screws things up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, it, I would be cool. I would, I would even love versus if there were no trainers, no props and just straight up tag bonuses are the only bonuses you get, you know, yeah. and then you have to, then you have to play the character and their move set with no extra help. And that would really tell you who's the best character. They really would. They really would. Well, I think, I mean, in a world before versus Brock Lesnar was your first powerhouse, right? It was your first poll. Um, yeah, and first before first trainers, he was he was a darn good powerhouse. Yeah, he was. He actually had the ability to get there fast, uh, mm-hmm. where most powerhouses have these you know fifteen charge moves that you'd never dream of hitting. Um, so, but you know, with trainers and everything, there are just better options now. But it's true. But why don't we? Uh, I, mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say I would say until until Vader came out, Brock Lesnar was probably top of the heap in powerhouses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that, which I kind of miss because now he's just sitting on my roster doing nothing, but you know, <laughs> maybe that's what invasion's for. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't, we, uh, why don't we close out with one final question? Sure. You, your personality, you in real life, if you could pick which class you are, in this game, what would it be? Ooh. That's actually a pretty tough question. I would almost say trickster because of how I joke, but yeah, tech, tech, uh, I got you, Punisher. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, trickster may be pretty good because I'm always playing pranks on people. (laughs) Harmless stuff. You know, but... Or I could the attack, I guess, because, you know, I like to get into the technical details of how stuff works. You know, being a programmer, that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. So, fine, I'll go with Texter. You sound so I'll disappointed. Go with, I'll go with Tech. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, because I, I, Davey and I have talked about this, too. Like, uh, I feel like Tech is, oh, Calvin and I have talked about it as well. Like, we, we, uh, we all feel, like Calvin and I especially, you know, we we want to be like I want to be a showboat, but the reality is I'm probably a tech. It's like we reluctantly accept that we're a technician. Like it's a bad thing, you know. Like oh, we're cerebral people. This is a bad thing. Like come on. <laughs> no, you just try to see things at a higher level. I mean, that's really what techs do. Yeah, True. I mean, even really if you look at how the characters are designed, they kind of do things at kind of a higher level with their submissions. You have to kind of think more to play as a lot of techs. Yeah, and there's a lot of counterpunching and that sort of thing that happens. So, yeah, I, I, I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> so, hmm. But there's actually a funny reason that Punisher says tech. Um, for the longest time after I got Brock, the only Megas that I could pull were techs. <laughs> <laughs> the irony of it all. I was like, what? Because I, I pulled DiBiase, I pulled Angle, I pulled, I pulled Angle twice. Um, oh, wow. I actually pulled DiBiase and ADR in the same pull. I'm jealous. Wow. <laughs> Completely jealous. It's funny how that happens, this game. Mysterious. Works in, RNG works in mysterious ways. It does. It does. It does. Oh, man. But... You know, I want to say thank you guys for, for having me. It's been awesome. This was a fun experience that I got to chat with you guys and everybody. I've wanted to do this for a while. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. This has been great. I mean, you've been one of those people that when we started, um, I mean, back when it was the Tubeman channel and we was, you know, friends of Tubeman, uh, you were one of the first people to um, hop in here and, and just, um, you know, offer your wisdom and, and creative thinking, which, um, you know, I, I just love that you know, we can have these sorts of conversations in our community and, and just recognize like we're all really cut from the same cloth. We all have the same uh, challenges with the game and, uh, <laughs> you know, addictions and whatnot. But, uh, you oh, know, yeah. it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's just awesome getting to meet people like you and, uh, you know, I appreciate you, you taking the time to be a part of this, man. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad that I got to, to chat with everybody and you know I'm, I'm glad that I've gotten to to meet the people I have here and in the various groups that I've been in and stuff like that uh, I'm just very happy about that and glad um, 
And that's the whole reason I still play. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh, man. 100%. <laughs> Thanks again. It has been awesome. Hey. Thank you for giving us your lunch break, really. And, um, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> this has been another awesome episode. Hope you ladies and gentlemen have a good day. This is the DVO Podcast. The DVO Podcast is based around the players and culture of the mobile game WWE Champions. If you are interested in watching the gameplay that accompanies this podcast, please visit www.youtube.com slash DavyDGaming1. That's D-A-V-E-Y-D. G-A-M-I-N-G, the number one. Also, follow me on Twitter at Davey underscore gaming.